and uh, Bible tells us that. All right. If you have your Bible tonight, turn if you would to Luke chapter number 9. That'll be page number 1087. 1087 if you have a King James Schofield Bible. Luke chapter number 9. Let me kind of just a moment. You find your place there. You just get ready. We're going to read the scripture in just a moment. But before we do, before we do get there, I'm going to just kind of give you a, a two-second outline of this chapter, maybe. Uh, well, Luke chapter 9 is an amazing chapter. It's one that tells us how that the Lord was available to all kinds of people at all times. He never did turn anyone away. As a matter of fact, he wouldn't have had an unlisted number. We find in this chapter as Dr. Luke uh, describes a compassionate son of God. And uh, he performed four ministries in this chapter. And I'm just going to give you this because I believe it's worth learning and knowing. Verses 1 through 11, he's sending. I believe God's still looking to send people out to do his business. You'll find in verses 12 through 17, he's feeding. He recognizes the need that men will need to be fed while they're on earth. Verses 18 through 36, he's teaching. He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching people. Oh, may we ever, never, never, never learn too much. Never quit learning. Never quit growing. And uh, uh, the moment you do that, then you eat up with pride because you're saying you know it all. And then it's the last part of verse 37 through 62, the biggest part of this chapter. He deals with enduring, if you will. Uh, I love this. He, uh, in Luke 9, he, he gave authority over Satan, and yet he found they was too weak to cast out demons. He fed the 5,000 an example of compassion, yet... They manifested a selfishness and lack of love in verses 46 through 56. Then he comes to the end of the chapter and he teaches them what it means to follow him. And yet it turns out there are me first disciples. I know a whole lot of me first people, don't you? And we find no wonder he, he gives us this one verse, and this is not the message, I'll just read it. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son thither. In other words, he said he's aggravated with them. And uh, I believe he is. I believe he, and he probably had a right to. But it is that last part of chapter, verse, beginning verse 57. If you found your place, let's all stand together and we'll read these few verses. And it came to pass. I don't know. I'm just. This is just just something that intrigues me. When the Lord says, "And it came to pass," boy, that means what? It's going to come to pass. And it came to pass. Uh, if you are a Bible student, learn to mark your Bible every time you read that verse. And it came to pass. As they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, "Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever." Thou goest. Wow. 
Did you hear what he said? Let's read it again. I'm not sure some of you got it. And it came to pass as he went in the way, a certain man, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Wow. What a statement. Then notice, and Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nest, but the Son of Man had nowhere, not where to lay his head. And he said, This is the Lord now speaking unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. My, sounds reasonable, doesn't it? And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Mercy. And another said, also said, Lord, I'll follow thee. But let me first go bid them farewell, which are at, my, at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The help of God, I want to preach on. I actually got two titles. Actually, the title should be The Cost of Following Jesus. But I like this title better. Do you want to be, go a little further, just a little further in service for God? I'll let you be seated. Amen? Some of you is kind of weary there. I'm not going to do this, but you know what I've always thought about doing? I've always thought about preaching and having the whole congregation stand while I preach. Just thinking, you know, sometimes. I, I wonder not, do you want to be just an average, run-of-the-mill, carbon copy Christian? Or would you be interested in maybe going just a little further? We know from the Word of God, that Peter, James, and John become part of that inner circle. When Jesus would go in to perform certain miracles, when he went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, when he went to certain places, he, he took those three men with him. And I've always been intrigued. What was it about them that, that, made, that had Jesus to do that? I mean... After all, I mean, Peter's a cussing every time you turn around. I mean, they're both not, they're not, sometimes they failed and stumbled. And then the rest of them seem to be following Peter. And so you, you begin to wonder, what made, what was it about these three men? Now, I believe in this story here, we're going to find just maybe the secret to these three men and why they went a little further. And one of the reasons was, Whenever Jesus said, follow me, they dropped immediately what they was doing and took off after him. They never questioned it. They never asked. They never said, well, let's, 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 we're going to have to help daddy roll up the nets. They didn't say, they immediately obeyed him and followed him. And that may very well be the reason these men went a little further. We find as the Lord comes to this, uh, to this place, 
And again, if I had time, there's so much in this chapter of what Jesus has done. He comes to the end of it. And in the way, he tells us about three men. And they've come to by in the way, and he records as he travels. And two of them declare, Lord, we want to follow you. And one of them, Jesus, asked him to follow him. Now, I, I'm like every other pastor and every other preacher. Why well, I want to see our church filled. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, Jesus never, he never read Vincent Peale's book on winning friends and uh, winning people and influencing friends. He didn't win that. But he never read that book. Because I'm going to tell you, he's kind of right to the point with this thing. But I, I, I want to see God build our church. But I want so much more than just to build a crowd. I want to see men and women and young men and young men and boys and girls serving God with all their heart. I want God to mold true disciples for his business. So we find as God comes here and these three men. So let's, let's take this journey together because he said, listen, it's going to cost you something. Now let me just stop and say, don't get all hung up on this. Hallelujah, salvation is free. Amen. It's not cheap, but it is free. Whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I say amen. I don't know about you, but if I'd had to have money, I'd been left out the day Jesus saved me. I'm glad he didn't take that. So we find here, but if you want a little more, a little closer walk with the Savior, if you want to follow him, I mean really follow him, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Notice what it costs. First of all, we see the first man. And it came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. I mean, goodness, that's a tremendous statement. No matter where you go, wheresoever you go, I'll follow you. Man, I'm not sure he knows what he's saying. I love this. A couple months ago, we had a man to visit and, uh, boy, I appreciate that. Amen. Uh, I appreciate every time folks visit. But he visited. And uh, the next Saturday, we went by his house and, and uh, come to the come outside, actually. And uh, I'm kind of glad he had a dog. Amen. But he come outside. And uh, he said, man, we just love the church. He said, that's, he said we've been looking. He said, that's where we're going to join. Well, the next Sunday, him and his wife come. I don't think she liked me because I ain't seen them since. So I ain't sure. But I but Jesus said, Jesus, I'll follow you whithersoever thou goest. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the followers of Jesus has no earthly security. Now, don't miss this. I didn't say he didn't have security. I said no earthly security. Security. Notice what the Lord answered him. The Lord said, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man had not where to lay his head. Here's what he's just saying. He's just saying, Son, now perhaps 
this man thought, man, here's one of the high-flying rabbis. He'll jet from village to village and stay in the best hotels and collect nice offerings from the crowds. Man, he was not ready when Jesus said, listen, okay, here's what's going to cost you. He said, if you come with me, he said, the foxes have holes, the birds have got a nest. He said, I ain't got nowhere to lay my head. He said, I've got no earthly security whatsoever. You talking about a true faith ministry? Our Lord's ministry was a true faith ministry. I love this. He stepped off the throne of glory to come into earth and live and die for us. He exchanged wealth for poverty out of an ivory palace to a rude cattle shack. I want you to know he exchanged rulership for servantship. He, he was a king of glory and he comes to earth and he don't even have a place to call home. You know why he did that? He did that because he come for me. He would come up beside me. Boy, the followers of Jesus, I, I love this. You can hear the heartbeat of men like Adonai Judson and William Carey and David Livingston. Oh, David Livingston, he was a preaching at, at, a, at a college. And his, he'd been in Af the Africa and the, and the jaundice had, had, had almost turned his skin and his eyes yellow. He had just an old, old limp arm he couldn't even use from a, a line attack. And he stood before those young men. And he preached with great power of God. And God moved. And a man came up to me. He said, said brothers, I'd give anything to be like you. He said, son, that's exactly what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you everything to follow Christ. And yet we're writing about him. We're talking about him. Fanny Crosby, John Wesley, D.L. Moody, Charles Spurgeon, George Mueller. Then it goes on. You know what they've done? They come and they said, they give God a blank check and said, Here, God's our life. Use us for your glory. We find here a man that said, He said, I'll go anywhere, wheresoever you go. And Jesus looked at him and said, Son, you need to understand. He said, I. I had to buy a coin to tell a story. You know the story about where he should pay taxes? And he goes, and I mean, the man that comes and said, well, who should, should we give obedience to Caesar, to God, you pay, pay taxes and this kind of stuff? He said, well, let me buy a coin. He said, whose picture's on? He said, Caesar, render Caesar, Caesar's God, God. He had to buy a donkey. He said, son, I had to buy a donkey to ride into Jerusalem. Then he said, do you think that's something? He said, just a few days, I'm going to have to borrow a tomb. But don't worry. I'm not going to use it by three days, praise God. It ain't going to get much use. But I've got to buy one. I've got to buy one. Oh, I want you to know, it took somebody else's speaking to anoint his body. My, to somebody else's. Oh, I want you to know, he had nothing. Had nothing. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. He was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He had everything in, in, in anything. He could have created it. And yet he come to earth with no earthly security. You say, why would God put that story there? 
I believe God would put that story to remind us. Our security. Now don't look at me so strange. We all need security. We all need a security. We are created to feel secure. And God says, said, let me tell you this story because I don't want your security to be based in earthly things. He said, I want your security based in the faithfulness of me. I love this. You're going to find, the Bible says, lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Mark 8, 36, For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore should be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed. He cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus went on to say this, for whatsoever will save his for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Here's what he's saying. He's just saying, if you save, he said, if you if you've got this ideal that your life is hinged on all this earthly security. 1930, great men jumped out of windows. Their security was that. I, I'm all, I don't want to discourage you tonight. I really don't. But I don't know that we quite get this. We, we're living in a world today that is, is rocking and reeling like I've never seen it in my entire life. And I don't know if you know this, but but we 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 just one little hiccup, just just one thing, and, and I'll move on. And I'm not going to elaborate on it because it's not worth much talking about. Right now, China is really shoving it to do away with the dollar bill as a world economy, the world trading. And they want to go to the end. And I mean, they are really, really pushing that. I, I don't know if you quite comprehend what that's going to do to your security if that's what you're trusting in. You, you're going to have a heart attack. It's coming. And you say, well, you think, I don't know, but I know this. I'm not going to put my security there. I devil not have my $50. I don't care. Hey, man, I, I, my security, praise God's going to be in him. I'm telling you, as born-again believers, we ought to have security in that. Not in this world. Here's a man. He said, I'll, I'll follow you anywhere you go. Anywhere you go, I'll go. He said, but listen, said, listen I, I have no earthly security. He said, all my security. Now, he's secure. You say, but where is it? It's in heaven. It's in, the, it's in the faithfulness of God. It's in an almighty God that's our Savior. Listen, if you want to go a little, just a little bit further, a little bit, Jesus is walking. James and John's over here doing, hey, 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 fellas, follow me. 
Do you understand that fishing business was their security? Do you understand that? What did they do? They dropped their nets. They said, let's go. Come by, Peter. Now, don't miss this. Peter went back to it, but guess what he caught? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, don't get me started there. I've tried that. It doesn't work. Trust me, it doesn't work. Got the x-rays to show you. It doesn't work. God comes and says, listen, you want to go a little further, then there's not going to be any earthly security. Number two, he comes to the second man. And the second man, and Jesus said unto another, follow me. He looked at him and said, hey, man, how about you follow me? You follow me. But he said, Lord, now he's got the terminology right. I love it. He's got the terminology. He knows all the right things to say. Lord, suffer me first to go bury my uh, father. Now, we, we read this, and here's Jesus calling this man. Now, it's not unreasonable to say to this, this man, to say, now, Jesus, I, I will, but let me go bury my dad. I mean, what would you think if I said, listen, I want you to go with me. I'd love to, but i got to go bury my dad. Would it be unreasonable for you to go bury your dad or your family member? Well, it would if you understood what that meant. In that day, they didn't have High uh, uh, and Bass Smith. What they would do, they would bury them the same day they died. And here's what they would do. A year later, a year later, and I'm not going to get graphic, but after a year, they would be nothing but bones. And they would take them and they would bury them. And, or they would take and put them, like, kind of like burying them, but not totally like burying them, but they would put them in a place. And after a year, they would go get their bones out. Then they would have a funeral. They would actually bury them because they didn't have, some people had means to, to embalm and try to embalm them. They did embalm Joseph. It was there, but it was very expensive. It, they used Spigner, that's, and that's another message all by itself. Anyway, but they, but they couldn't, but they, most, most couldn't. So they would just bury them. And I said, Sapphire being one, they died, they put them in, they put them in, in a hole. And then they would dig them back up, get their bones out. Then they would perform a funeral for them a year later. Here's what he was just saying. He said, my Lord, and it was the son, it was the son's responsibility to do that. Here's what he's just saying. He said, now, Father, he said, now, Lord, yes, sir, I want to follow you. But here's what you've got to understand. He said, I've got to go bury Dad. In other words, that could have been a year down the road. That could have been six months down the road. That could have been eight months down the road. Ever how long Dad had been dead. Ever how long he'd been dead. And so what he's just saying. Now, I love this. Here's what Jesus said. Let the dead bury their dead. Here's what he said. He said, there's some people in your family that are not going to follow me, that are not saved, that are not going to do right. He said, you let them take care of that business. And you get to preach it. You go preach. 
You go preach. I love this. Dr. Howes' mother was, was very, very sick and very ill. And he was fixing to go out of town for a meeting. And uh, he went by to see her. And, uh, and uh, she, said, she said, son, I want you to promise me one thing. And uh, he said, what? He said, she said, you promised me you'll do this one thing for me. He said, I will. He said, don't you dare cancel a meeting or not preach because I have died. So he went to the meeting. He called back, and she was almost there. She was almost, a matter of fact, she did die during the service while he was preaching. But he preached. She said, I don't want you to cancel any meeting because I've died. You preach. Here's what he's just saying to this man. He's just saying, let others do this. Let somebody else do this. Can I help you? If you won't, I didn't say everybody wants to. I'm okay if you don't. But if you want to go a little bit further, you've got to cut some earthly ties. First, earthly security. The second, you had to cut some earthly ties. It's not that God said, dishonor your parents. Don't you dare leave tonight saying, I said it's okay to dishonor your parents. It's not. The Bible does say this. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. It's talking about the devotion God said he wants us to have. He's not talking about dishonoring parents or, or shirking responsibilities to a family. What he's just saying is, he said, if you've got to make the choice, he said, you choose following me. Literally, he said, son, you need to leave that behind and move on forward. William Borden, one of the wealthiest families, the Borden family, is uh, had a son by the name William Borden. He was a graduate of Princeton. And in his, in his last year, he, 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 was, he got saved and, and God began to move him about being a missionary. And his family was just, I mean, just all to pieces over this thing. He, he, was, he was heir to a billion, a billion dollar industry. And he, it was his. And... Uh, and, but he said, no, I'm going to follow the call of God. And uh, so when he got out, when he graduated, he sailed to China. And on the way, he stopped in, in Egypt because he wanted to help the Muslims. And while he was there, he contracted spinal, spinal meningitis. And within a month, 25-year-old William Borden was dead. When the news hit the United States, it, it was in every American newspaper in a wave of sorrow went all the way around the world. Borden not only gave away his wealth, but himself. Someone wrote, said, what a privilege, not a sacrifice. When they found his diary and his Bible, here's what he'd written. In the front, he had written two words. No retreats and... No reserves and no retreats. And the last thing he wrote underneath those was no regrets. William Borden went to be with the Lord at 25 years of age. Against, for the most part, his family. You know why? Because he wanted to go a little further. We find that Jesus comes. You know, 
I, I tend to believe this, and don't boot me out with this. I'm, I'm, again, not everybody. I, I'm, I'm confident not everyone here tonight. I'm not looking for everyone. I'm looking for a couple. I'm looking for a couple. But not everybody wants this. But you know what? I believe a lot of times we've got family members that are not going to go to church, ain't going to do right. You know they're not. And we could say, here, you take care of that. I'm going to be in my place tonight. I'm going to be where God wants me to be. And you say, in doing so, what you do is you step a little further. It's not that you have to. It's not about having to do anything. It's about desiring to, saying, I want to go just a little bit further. Number one, he said, he said, no earthly security. Number two, he said, there's no earthly ties. See, a lot of people just not willing. They say, well, I'll follow Jesus, but later on, I'll get my career, I'll get my education, I'll get my girlfriend, I'll get my boyfriend. You know I got to provide a nest egg for my family. You know I got responsibility to take care of my family first. See, they begin to make excuses. Luke 14 says, When one of them had said at me with him, heard these things, said, he said, And blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bad meaning. And said his servant at supper time to say to them, We've been come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I must go prove them. I pray, have me excused. I love this third fellow. He said, I just got married. Bless God, I'm already henpecked. I can't come. I love that. He's, he's already shot. Amen. He said, she done told me I couldn't come. He, don't, he said, don't even give me an excuse. He said, I just can't come. Notice verse 24. And for I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. The followers of Jesus had no earthly security. He said, no ties. Notice. And another said in him, there's the third one. Lord, I'll follow thee, but let me first. Go, bid them farewell, which are at home in my house. Here's what he said. Jesus said, if you want to go a little further, no earthly security, no earthly ties. He said, no earthly distractions. No earthly distractions. Here's what he said. He said, he said in him, Jesus said in him, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, it's fit for the kingdom of God. Now, it sounds like a reasonable request. But when Jesus said, Sir, you've already declared you're ready to follow me. You picked up the plow. You've already started. And now, and now, you're going to lay it down to go tell somebody bye? You're going to lay it down to look back? Here's what he's just saying. Don't look back. See, again, one of the reasons you said, well, man, this is really hard. Why is that so? Why does God say no earthly security? Why God says no earthly ties, no earthly distractions? Because he knows that all three of those things, if you choose to follow Christ, you're going to deal with. We got young people dealing with this at school every single day. 
of the week. If they choose to follow Christ, they're going to be different. And they're going to be treated different. Are you listening? And that's tough. That's hard. And sometimes that's just really hard to do. If they dare to be different and follow Jesus, they're going to they're gonna stand out. They're going to be different. They'll be the last one picked on, on a boat. They'll be treated different in every single way. How many of you know how that feels? I do. I know how that feels. And so we find that God comes along and says, though, says, but listen, if you're going to follow me, don't look back. Don't look back. See, we've got a whole list of people that look back. The Bible says, remember Lot's wife? You know how we remember her? We remember her for just one reason. She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. That's the only reason. Not only Judas Iscariot looked back, for the Bible says in 2 Timothy, another for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Can I say this? The Bible says, whosoever, do not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower, sit not down first and count the cost, when you have sufficient to finish it. That's happily after he laid the foundation, is not able to finish it. All that, behold, it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. John Stott made this statement. said, The Christian landscape is strong with the wreckage of half-built towers. The ruins of those who began to build and were unable to finish. Thousands of people ignore God's warning and undertake to follow him without first pausing to reflect the cost of doing so. He said the result is the great scandal of Christianity today, so-called nominal Christianity. In countries to which Christian civilization has spread, large numbers of people have covered themselves with a decent but thin veneer of Christianity. They've allowed themselves to become somewhat involved, enough to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Did you hear what he said? They have allowed themselves to become somewhat involved, enough to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. He said, their religion is a great soft cushion. Jesus said, no distractions. You say, man, he said to the first one, count the cost. Second man, he said, leave it behind. Third man, he said, don't look back. Don't look back. I believe tonight that there's a few. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. That are wanting to count the cost. And say, I just want a little further. I want to address all of our young men in our church. I want all of you... All you young men from about, from about, oh, maybe 12 on up to 20. Would you please stand? All you young men, let, let, me, let, me, let me just talk to you just for a minute. I want you to look straight at me now. I want your attention. You may never come to my office, so let me just counsel with you right now. The greatest thing you'll ever do is to be saved. And second, marry well. Marry well. Marry well. You say, why do you mean marry well? I, I was, met a preacher friend I went to school with just, just uh, the other day. 
I said, man, you still pastoring? He said, no. This man's probably in his late 40s, maybe 50. He said, no. He said, I, I, I had to quit pastoring in 2006. He said, my wife ran off with a 19-year-old boy. Got four kids. I'm going to tell you. And he said, and now I guess my journey's done. I, don't, I just keep pastoring. And I never, I, I broke my heart. Mary well. Mary well. First, be saved. Number two, marry well. And if you want this, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. It's not going to come cheap. Because every time somebody starts and quits, you, 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 you hurt a whole lot of people in the, in the process. All right, you can be seated. Now, all the young girls from 12 to 20, would you please stand? You may not, look at me now, you may never come to my office from 12 to 20. Is that all of them we got, 12 to 20? 11 to 20, let's get 11, get 10 to 20 because you girls mature faster than the boys. Takes us a while to catch up. My message. They'll get it. Look at me. Since you may never come to my office, let me counsel with you right now. Number one, be sure you're saved. And guess the second thing is marry well. Marry well. Marry well. Before you fall in love with him, make sure he's saved. Or you'll get a devil. And all this is the greatest advice you'll ever get. If you get a frog and you think when I kiss him, when I get married, he'll turn into a prince, he won't. He'll still be a frog 10 years down the road. Amen, he ain't going to change. You won't change him. You're not going to change him. Are you listening? What he is when you date him is what he's going to be. I told my girls, whatever he is right now, your potential husband, he'll be exactly the same way. If he mistreats you now, he'll mistreat you down the road. Are you looking at me? Number one, look at me, girls. Look at me. Look at me. Be sure you're saved. Number two, before you fall in love or give any man, your boy, your heart, make sure he's saved and you better make sure he proves it to you. Words don't mean nothing. Prove it to you. So you don't bring home a devil one day that you've got to live with. You can be seated. That's good counseling. Amen. You know why? Because I think just maybe in that bunch, they might just be a few, just a few that are saying, I want a little closer walk with God. And God just may step up and say, hey, I want you to be a preacher. I want you to be a deacon. I want you to be a preacher's wife or deacon's wife or Sunday school teacher. I want you to be just a little bit more, just a little more than just a normal Christian. I love normal Christians. Most people are. But I'm saying, as Jesus was walking, three, two said, Lord, I want to follow you. If you come tonight and say, Lord, 
I want to follow you. Matter of fact, I think we all ought to want to follow him. But if you come tonight and say, I want to follow him, can I say this? He's going to say, no earthly security, no earthly ties, and no earthly distractions. You got to choose. If you want to follow him, he's, he's going to, it's going to cost you a little bit more if you want that. All three of these, I don't know whether they took him up on it or not. Bible doesn't tell us. He did tell them how much it cost them. Here tonight, do you want just a little bit more? So I'll stand to